having me. I really appreciate you reaching out and inviting me on. So to kick things off, who are you? Yeah, so my name is Montana Aldridge. I am a residential mortgage lender here on the South Shore. Uh, my office is located on 2048 Washington Street in Hanover, Mass. Um, I currently reside in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Um, and the reason I, I got involved in the Marshfield community is because my mother actually grew up in Marshfield. And it was kind of a joke growing up, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to go to school or we, we couldn't live in Marshfield because if I had gone to Marshfield High and ended up talking to or dating someone, it would most likely be, you know, a family member or a cousin. Someone, you, someone your mom knows. Yeah, exactly. because the entire town is, um, is my family. I could probably, you know, every person that I meet from Marshfield um, most likely knows a family member of mine. And so that's how I decided to get, you know, involved in the Marshfield community and join the Marshfield Chamber of Commerce and the South Shore Hive, and that's how you and I got introduced. Yeah. yeah. So how'd you get involved in the mortgage industry? What, what takes you down that road? Yeah, so I actually grew up and, um, in Plymouth, although I was always in Marshfield, my mother's side, always in Holbrook. That was, you know, my, where my father grew up, and we have a very big, close family. Um, but growing up, especially as I was, you know, getting in, into high school around, like, my freshman year, my family life actually started to, to kind of crumble. Um, my parents were going through a pretty um, messy divorce battle, um, and that was, you know, they weren't going through the divorce necessarily my freshman year. That was more the end of high school, but things started to get rough in my household, and a lot of responsibilities fell onto me being the oldest child. I had um, three younger siblings and two sisters and a brother, and there is five years apart from me and my next closest sibling. So as as my family life was kind of falling apart and crumbling and my father was always at work and my mom was kind of dealing with her own issues, I kind of had like the motherly role um, for, for my siblings. And so I was the one helping them, you know, with homework at night sometimes while my dad was still at work. And I was the one cooking dinners for them and, and really, you know, helping them. And, and all of those responsibilities were on me. And so I kind of felt like I could never control what was going on around me. There was just this chaos around me that I could not control. And so I started to, you know, listen to certain podcasts would be my escape. Um, I remember listening to, like, Robert Kiyosaki and reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and all of these books on success because success was my little ball. My future was, like, my little ball that I could control. And I, and I knew that I could control my future, but I couldn't control what was going on around me at the time. So um, I really ended up, like, holding on to, to that ball. And so... It was about, like, my sophomore year of high school where I started reaching out to a few um, professionals in my community. I reached out to a real estate agent, insurance agent, a mortgage lender, and I said, can I shadow you guys? You know, I, I'm about to be applying for colleges, and I think that I want to major in business because I love people and I love helping people and, and building these relationships, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. Well, what's business? You could major in business, and there's a 100,000 yeah. different jobs um, that fall under that. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to these few professionals that were in my community, and I ended up shadowing the mortgage lender, really clicked with her. Her name's Stacy Jordan. Um, she had actually 
done the mortgage on my family home. And so that's how, that's where that um, connection was made. So I reached out to her, started shadowing her, and it, we clicked. I started implementing some systems into her business. Um, I started watching her and everything that, that she does. Um, she is an amazing mortgage lender. She's an amazing woman and friend and role model and mother. And so I, I began getting really close with her, and I would spend as much time with her as I possibly could. And now at the same time, I'm applying for colleges because now I'm, in, I'm, I'm entering into my yeah. junior year. And so I'm applying to all of these colleges. I want to get the heck away from my family. I want to go to a big, fun football school. So I applied to, you know, to Penn State, Syracuse, Auburn, Alabama, like the big, fun schools. And I'd worked, you know, so hard in high school because, again, I was so – like, my future was my little ball, and I was yeah. not going to let anything get in the way of right. being successful and providing a better life than I, that I had for my future kids one day. And so I, I, I get into all of my colleges, right? And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm shadowing Stacy. I, I love the mortgage lending world. I love the puzzle pieces and problem solving, uh, but I also love sales, and I love going to networking events. So this is great. I, I get into all of my colleges. I start touring them. I really fall in love with Auburn. I have roommates. I, I'm set on going to Auburn. And and it's great. I'm going to go. I'm going to major in business. And then I'm going to come back after four years, and I'm going to open up an office, and I'm going to be a mortgage lender. This is awesome. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I'm reading all of these podcasts. I'm, reading, I'm listening to them. I'm reading all of these books. And it starts to to not make sense to me on why I'm going to college because in four years, that's going to be four years of wasted, you know, networking opportunities. I'm not going to be able to network with my community while I'm, while I'm down at Auburn. Um, I, I'm going to be spending 200 up to upwards yeah, of 200. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to go to college. And so instead of making money, I'm going to be spending $200,000. And I know that in four years I wanted to – own multiple properties. I wanted to be investing um, and really have built my business in four years, not start fresh in four years. Um, and, and at the same time, while I was shadowing Stacy, and this may have been a little bit illegal, so I, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to add this part or not, but I was going out to these networking events by myself. I was reaching out to people by myself and marketing myself as a mortgage lender. And all of a sudden, I started developing these leads, and I started de developing business. But I wasn't licensed, so I would have to originate the loan under Stacy's license. You were kind of a marketer for Stacy. Yeah, exactly. So I could, I knew how to take the loan from point A to point C, and that was fun and great. But what I really loved was going out and um, developing relationships with people, and and I loved the sales aspect part of the, the networking. business and the networking. And so. Um, Two weeks before I'm supposed to fly down to call, to go to college, right? Um, I I end up just emailing the college, being like, you know what? I think I am not gonna go. I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm not gonna go. And that was a really hard decision for me to make to not go to college because not too many people in my family had gone to college. I'd worked so hard to get into all of these colleges. I had spent thousands of dollars on application fees. Um, but I'm a true believer in, in listening to your intuition, and, yeah. and I'm a Christian, and I believe in prayer, and God will either open doors or close doors for you. And um, I just, I had this epiphany, and I felt 
that I shouldn't be going down to college and spending $200,000. I needed yeah. to, if, if you have a dream, yeah. you need to hold on to it and and believe in yourself and have confidence. And, and it seems like you knew what you wanted to do, and you had a mentor that could give you that, air quotes, like university experience of learning and knowing what, knowing it. So it's, yeah. it makes sense. I, I think, yeah, I think it did make sense, and it was so scary. And it wasn't like, hey, I'm not going to go to college, and I'm going to work at a pizzeria or right. be a waitress. Um, I, I truly just had an intuitive gut feeling that it wasn't meant for me. And I think Stacy is, I'm just like forever, I'll always be so grateful for her because she plays a major role in my life. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful. Yeah, I, I'm, it's definitely something you see where college is great, but sometimes you see people who get out of school four years and they still don't know what they do. They really don't have, you know, hard skills or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I was, you know, I was reading the books and listening to these podcasts and these successful people, and what they were saying just, it it wasn't aligning with go to college for four years if you want to, you know, major in business and start your own business and really get involved in real estate, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, sometimes I believe you just have to make that jump Mm -hmm. and listen to yourself. So what exactly does a mortgage loan originator do? So a mortgage loan originator... Um, they, they take an application from you and they collect documentation. Now, this is a residential mortgage lender. Okay. Um, they take an application, they take documentation, and they then are able to tell you how much of a loan you qualify to borrow. So whether you're looking to purchase a home or you're looking to refinance, they will take that application, take documentation, do a full, or at least I always, do a full um, financial review mm-hmm. of, of your entire financial profile. And so they'll let you know how much of a loan you qualify for. And then from there, they'll go over certain rates and certain terms um, that best suit you and your specific financial profile. So what about the services you yeah, so I, I provide, you know, pre-approvals for people who are looking to purchase a home. Um, I also do refinances, whether that's a rate and term refinance where you want to lower your monthly rate or a cash-out refinance where you take some cash out using the equity um, that you've built in your home. I also provide what I call lattes and loans consultations to either homeowners or home buyers. Maybe you're a first-time home buyer and you are not necessarily ready to buy, but you want to learn more about the the home buying process. We'd set up a lattes and loans consultation and go over all of the ins and outs. I'd take a full review of your financial profile and let you know how you can prepare to buy. And we'll put together either a six-month or maybe it's a two-year plan. Um, And then some of my products include conventional loans, FHA, VA, uh, renovation loans, construction loans, investment properties, second homes, um, and and the list goes on. I also have um, something that may separate me from the typical mortgage lender is that I I have my lender's license, but I also have my broker's license. So we can use Homebridge Financial Services products, or with my broker's license, I have the ability to broker your loan out to to some of my investors. So I have a sheet of a bunch of different investors. And so if their rates or their terms will suit you better and will be uh, better for you and your financial needs, then I'm I'm able to broker that loan out. Yeah, tell me what that means to have a broker's license. Yeah, so, so having a broker's license basically means that I have this sheet of investors, for instance, Chase, Chase Bank. 
one of our investors. So if you are buying a property and you qualify for a jumbo loan or you fall into what's called a jumbo loan, which is a non-conforming loan product, okay. um, I can take a look at my investor sheet and let's just say Chase has much better terms and rates and their rate is lower, I'm able to broker your loan out to Chase, which means I still originate it, collect documentation, I'm still the middleman between you You're and Chase, um, but you get to have those better rates and terms. Now, I went through the whole home buying process again this past summer, and this, my wife, it was her first time, it was my second time doing it, and there's so many different terms, like there's that alphabet soup of things, there's, if you can, talk about the difference between pre-approval and pre-qualified, because yeah, so that's, that's a term that it was getting confusing at times. Definitely, definitely. So I usually use the term, I try to steer away from the term pre-qualified, because that does not really have much weight when right. making offers with when going to buy a home and dealing with sellers and real estate agents, a pre-qualification basically means that me and potential, you know, said borrower have a conversation and they tell me about their monthly debts and their current financial situation. They tell me about their debts. They tell me about their income and their employment. And I say, okay, well, from our conversation, here's what it seems like you'll qualify for. Here's what I think your options are going to end up being. And that conversation that we have and, and me letting them know, here's what I think you'll qualify for, is really a pre-qualification. Or maybe even they fill out my online application and they enter in their information, their, their income. Is that like guesstimate back of the napkin? Yeah, they, they make, yeah, they enter in their little guesstimates. And, and then with that application, I say, okay, here's what I think you'll qualify for. Here's what it looks like you're, you'll qualify for based on this application that you provided me with. Um, that's a pre-qualification. A pre-approval means that I have that application fully filled out from you, but I also have all of your mortgage documentation, your tax returns, your W-2s, your 1099s if applicable, pay stubs, bank statements. I have combed through all of your financial documentation plus that application, and um, and then I've, I've came up with a pre-approval for you. And with that pre-approval, I will send in my one of my the beginning emails is your max pre-approval letter so an, an actual pre-approval letter that says here's what they qualify for call me you know if you have any questions right. regarding this borrower so what's the mortgage industry like currently right now it's got to be pretty wild yeah so the market is definitely always fluctuating right. um, a common myth is that there's like this one rate that, that floats around out there and in reality the Fed actually sets sets a new rate every single day. So rates are constantly changing every single day in the secondary mortgage market. Um, and the conditions of the market are definitely volatile. Um, we, you know, we've seen the market fluctuating day to day, week to week, month to month. But I would say, uh, although rates are on an upward trend, they are definitely still at historical all-time lows. So... You know, if you haven't refinanced yet, and if you are, you know, looking to buy a home, you know, give me a call, email me, text me, call me, look me up on social media or Google, and and um, I can take a full review of your financial profile to see if it, it would make sense for you to either do a rate and term refinance or a cash out refinance, because rates are still at historical lows, although they are on an upward trend. Is there, like, a, is there more buying, then refinancing, what's kind of the, 
It's definitely more refinancing because okay. although you have those lower historical rates, we're definitely in a seller's market. And so buyers are getting outbid. Um, home prices have definitely gone up. So you are seeing less purchases and more refinances, looking at it from a lender's perspective. Is there a particular type of client that you enjoy working with the most? Yeah, so when I saw this question, I was like, hmm, what am I going to say here? And I honestly think that I have not necessarily found my niche yet, and I don't necessarily want to. And, okay. and I say that because I don't I don't ever want to pigeonhole myself. I enjoy working with the first-time home buyer, and I also enjoy working with higher net worth clients who are looking to buy second homes and investment properties. But sometimes those first-time home buyers are higher net worth clients. Um, and so, yeah, I don't necessarily have a particular client that I like to work with. I think that also is because of my specific personality and right. what I love most about my job is building connections with with humans and building relationships yeah. with them and learning about them and hearing about adventures that they've been on or things that they're struggling in their life like I, I just I love humans I'm so passionate about them and I love learning about all of their differences you know that's what that's what fills me so I don't necessarily have a specific it, it, client it really is a unique experience you know going through it recently is that you know you're letting people in like your realtor or your mortgage broker into your life and they're knowing all these personal things about you like finances and you know things about you wanting a home or something like that that is really interesting yeah i never thought of it that way yeah and i mean i think it depends on who the lender is i take a very personal approach to it you know if you want to meet for coffee and sit down let's schedule lattes and loans you know i truly develop a friendship i think Mm -hmm. with all of my clients um and, and like i said i had a lot of chaos growing up um, and, and going through high school. And so I think that that made, you know, it, it was harder for me to make friendships because I had all of this, these personal issues on my plate and my family life was just so chaotic that I never got the chance to get close to a lot of people. And so one, you know, the part that I love most about my job is that I get to develop friendships with people. And um, it's just, that's my favorite part. What do you think made you so driven at a young age? Yeah, and so I, I mean, I think that I think it was just a mix of my family life and the chaos, and I think you either ninety percent of the time people end up falling into that same mm-hmm. path of like destructiveness, mm-hmm. or they realize I don't want to be like these people that are around me. Um, I want to make different decisions. I want to have a, a better life, and I want to create a better life for my children. And so it really drives them, I think, along with that. And I think my faith and um, being a Christian, I mean, I don't I, – I think truly it was God. And if you, if you really listen to, you know, your intuition, I, I think it was a mixture of all of those things. Um, I also remember my dad giving me – you know, the best advice ever, and that was every night he would come home from work, and it would be late, he worked in the OR in Boston, so he'd come home around 9 o'clock at night, and we'd all already be in bed, but he would still always come up and say prayers with us, tuck us in, and every single night, like every night, he would always say, dream big, at the end of saying our prayers and tucking us in, he would say, dream big 
you can do anything you want in this entire world. You can do anything you put your mind to. So dream big. Um, and I remember being like, what do you mean dream big? Like, we can't do anything we want. And he'd be like, yes, yes, you can. You can do anything you want in this world. So dream big. You know, you, you limit yourself. And so I always remember thinking, you know, I, I can do whatever I want. As long as I'm hardworking and I put my mind to it, there's no limits. Um, so, I think so, that added to it. So jumping back to the mortgage industry, so what's something that people should know about it? Yeah, about mortgages. So about mortgages, I think that people should know a, a common misconception is, or people are always so driven by the rate. And what's my rate? And what's the rate going to be? And I think that it's important that you are working with a lender who's going to hold your hand through the process, who's going to educate you on certain terms, such as down payment versus closing costs versus prepaid items and explaining to you and preparing you for what those costs are going to be. Um, because you do have to pay closing costs and prepaids when refinancing, and you do have to pay those costs when purchasing a home. So I think it's not only important, I don't. I mean, I think the rate's definitely important, um, but I think it's also important to be working with a lender who's going to be available for you when you need them, who's going to be communicative, who's going to take a look at your full financial profile, and, and if you need some help increasing your credit score, find a lender who's going to be able to walk you through those steps and and allow you to, to help you or help you increase your credit score. What about working with you particularly? What's something that people should know when they're about to start working with you going through a process? Yeah, so I think um, what's really important is that I do have my lender's license and my broker's mm -hmm. license, so I'm allowed to shop for your rate. Um, I think that it's really important for myself and for my clients that I have a full team supporting me with over 30 really over 40 years of experience um, in my office. I do have an in-house underwriter. I have an in-house assistant. I have an in-house processor. Um, Stacy Jordan is my manager and, and my mentor as well, and she's been in the business for over 20 years. So I think having a team to support me helps my clients. Um, it, it, you know, Having an in-house underwriter and all of those in-house roles is super important. Um, I think that when working with me, something else that, that kind of separates me from everyone else is that I'm not married and I don't have kids. And so I'm sure, as you know, that allows me to have so much time on my hands. Flexibility. So much flexibility um, to take calls after business hours, to go out and, and meet my clients to collect documentation, to go out and meet them at a coffee shop that's closer to them because, you know, I don't. I don't have kids yet, so I have a lot more time on my hands um, than most people in the business do. Yeah, that's I don't we don't I don't have kids yet, but I'm married, and you know my wife's fantastic. But it does, but you know those things just clearly shrink your time. And friends of ours that have kids that run business, their time is like bare minimum. Like right. It's like you right. have to put, like if you want to see them, you have to book like weeks in advance. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it allows me my, me and my hours to be a lot more flexible. Um, another, you know, thing that I offer is, like, I've talked about my lattes and loans consultations, and I think that that's just a fun way for my clients to meet me and to go over the, the home buying process. Has there been a favorite experience so far? You know, I think uh, my favorite experience, it's hard because all of my experiences and relationships with my clients are so important, um, and, and I enjoy them so much, but I think my 
most enjoyable and proudest moment was a purchase that I did for a client who her lease was up. She had a son who had disabilities, um, and their lease was up, and they they were looking for a home in this you know very volatile yeah. market, and um, they kept getting outbid, and and she had worked so hard to save up for her down payment or closing costs or prepaids, and she would go out with you know the realtor who was an amazing real estate agent, and she kept getting outbid, and so when she finally got an accepted offer. It was just, she was so thankful. It, it really was a tearjerker for me. It was just, it was it made it so great to watch her and her right. son finally be able to, to have a home. So you've, you might answer this already, but, you know, what separates you from others in the field? Like, you and I both go to a lot of networking events, and you could throw a water ball, you could hit, you know, four or five, you know, people that do what you do. What separates you from them? I would say, you know, what separates me is that I'm not I'm not just going to look at if whether you're refinancing, whether you're buying a home, it's your second time buying a home or your first time home buyer. Um, I'm going to do a full complete analysis of your finances. And so whether I, you know, we're going to look at your assets, we're going to look at your your income, your debts, your credit score. We're going to dive into every single part of your financial profile. And if there is, you know, an aspect of your finances that you'd like to make a change to, or that I think, you know, could benefit you, we're going to make those changes. And I'm going to be able to introduce you to the correct professionals that can help you with maybe setting up an estate or um, whether that's increasing your credit score. I have a special tool that allows me to take your credit report and then we come up with a designated target score you'd like to reach and that report runs a list of actions for you to take that will allow you to achieve the designated target score. Why is networking so important? I think that's that's how I met you. We met a a, a networking group. Why is it so important? So it's important from two perspectives. It's important from a business perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Because not a lot, or maybe people do know this or they don't, but um, mortgage lenders only get paid when they close a loan. So they're not, they're, they're fully commissioned um, employees. And so that's, it's super important for me to always stay top of mind. And the way you stay top of mind is by networking and truly getting involved in your community and making sure that every single person that you ever come face to face with knows exactly what you do. Um, and, and how to refer you business, and um, it, it's super important from a business perspective. It is also very important for me um, from a personal perspective um, because it's, it's, it's what fills my soul. It's what fills me, um, and that may sound, you know, corny or whatnot, but it's, it's what I love. I love humans. I love people. I love talking to them and getting to know them and, and not so much those surface level conversations, but I like having those deeper, those deeper, um, really true, meaningful conversations with people. And so it's, it's what fills me. You never want to get burnt out, I think, um, by your job. And so the, re- the, the ways that I, that I don't get burnt out is by doing what truly fills me and makes me happy. And, and that's networking and building relationships. So. Actually, I had this, it's funny because I had this conversation with a friend of mine who's an attorney, and he said, and I wonder if you'll agree with this or you feel the same, is that a lot of his job is 
the sale aspect, the getting out there, the networking. It's the actual legal stuff is like is like the smaller part, but mostly it's the getting out there, meeting people, you know, that sort of thing. Definitely, um, because if you're not bringing in business, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it, how well you can process a loan. It, you know, if you can't bring in the business, you won't have any loans to process. You know, right. you won't have any of that sitting down at your desk, you know, working on figuring out the best terms and rates for, for your clients if, right. if you don't have any clients. So what, you know, 80%, a majority of my time is spent on the road and out networking. Yeah. Um, Do you have that sphere of influence of people like real estate attorneys, realtors that you can that you work with on a consistent basis? Yeah, definitely. I definitely have. You know, my uh, title attorney, like my my close little team, is yeah. made up of a title attorney, a homeowners insurance agent. Um, of course, I'm always looking to network with real estate agents, um, with CPAs, with financial advisors, all of those professionals are definitely in my sphere and are the people that I want to have great relationships with. What's the type of business people you want to meet the most? Is it realtors? Is it insurance people? Like, you know, you could be at an event and say, this is the type of people I want to meet. Who are they? It's, it's definitely real estate agents. Um, and the reason being is because in the flow of business, um, it, most times, it doesn't always, uh, but most times a buyer is going to reach out to a real estate agent first. Now, okay. I would encourage them to reach out to a lender first so that way they know what they're approved for and then they can be paired with a real estate agent to go out and look for homes. Mm-hmm. But majority of the time, um, real estate agents are working with a client and then they need to refer them to me in order to see how much they, okay. they qualify. See, we did, sounds like we did the proper way. We met with the broker for the the, the, the financer first yeah. and then we met with the realtor so. right yeah it's, a, right. it's i mean either way um but it's funny most people will reach out to a real estate agent first interesting so this is probably a crazy question but what do the next six to 12 months look like for you yeah i you know i honestly think that you'll have to ask me that question in like six a few months in six to 12 months you know um in another few years give us give us a crazy prediction what yeah like? so i mean the next six to 12 months in reality what they're gonna look like is um me kicking butt <laughs> and it's me trying to get as many loans in as possible i think um especially during this winter it's going to be important and a real estate agent can you know speak more on this topic, but I think it's going to be really important for buyers to be aggressive this winter because come springtime, I think we'll see it kick right back up and, and shift into another seller's. Is there still that traditional kind of things are busy in spring and summer and then as we get Definitely. more to the winter, it's still? Yeah, I think so. I think that it's going to be important for buyers to be aggressive when, you know, buying in this winter um, because I think come springtime, we're going to see people... I mean, it's hard to tell because the market's constantly fluctuating. And like I said, a real estate agent can speak more about this. Um, But the next 6 to 12 months for me are going to be trying to get as many refis in as possible, especially with rates being at an all-time low and on and up and trending upwards and and increasing. It's going to be important for people, if you haven't refinanced yet, to definitely um, look at refinancing within the next 6 to 12 months. So... What's the best piece of what, so? What would you? What advice would you give to someone who wants to get into your field? Say, Montana. You know, several years ago, come, come 
today comes up to you yeah. and says, hey, give me some advice. Yeah, some advice for becoming a lender. I would say there's like kind of two paths you can take. So the path I took was I reached out to a business professional. I reached out to a mortgage lender and I asked them, can I please shadow you? I want to be around you and see the things you do as much as I possibly can. So I would say finding a mentor, finding someone who is a mortgage lender, who is doing the things that you want to be doing, spend as much time with that person as possible. That's route one. The, you know, the other path you could take is kind of climbing your way up the business and, and finding an operations role. And when I say an operations role, um, you know, try, try to be a processor or an underwriter or a loan officer's assistant and learn the back end part of the business first. That way, if you do decide that you want to be sales, um, first of all, when you jump to sales, you're going to be commission only. That's, you know, one of the right. troubles that some people have is that you're commission only. So unless you close a deal, you are not going to get Now, if you're being, if you're in a processing role, you'll have that salary to kind of fall on. So you can study right. for your test um, and take your test while still, you know, relying on that salaried income as a processor. And then when you go out and you're in the full mortgage lender, loan originator, sales position, you have a lot of experience um, with with the operations. You know how the whole system works. Exactly. And that's kind of, you know, the way that I got into the business was shadowing Stacy, but I was also working on her loans as her assistant. Um, I was processing loans. And so I got to learn the back end of the business and build up you know, two years of experience before deciding that I want to get licensed. I, you know, want to be, you know, work in my own office and originate loans myself, um, fully commissioned. And so I, I spent two years learning the business and shadowing Stacy, and, you know, working in processing and assistant roles. And now it's been a year since I've been fully on my own, commission only as a mortgage lender, branding myself as Mortgages by Montana. Absolutely. <laughs> So, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Yeah, so, I mean, the best piece of advice I've been given is probably two. So, what my father told me growing up every single night, um, dream big. I Mm -hmm. think that that's, like, the uh, the best piece of advice I've received. I also remember listening to, and actually, after I listened to this speech, like, recently, I remembered, I ended up, there was an assignment I got in high school, and we had to write an essay on any speech in the entire world. We could pick any speech, and so I picked a speech that Jim Carrey had given to a bunch of college graduates at a a college graduation for, like, MIT or something. And so in that speech, Jim Carrey talks about the best piece of advice he received, and that was from his father. And so growing up, you know, his father wanted to be... I think it was an artist or some artistic job um, that would have been not so safe. Um, yeah. He wouldn't have been given like a salary. It was like some commission yeah. only, you know, artistic right. job. And so his father ended up playing it safe and taking a salary job. Some, you know, it wasn't his dream job or anything, but it was a safer job. And Jim Carrey says, in two months later, he got laid off. And so what did that teach me? It taught me that you can fail at playing it safe. So he said, I never wanted to be like my father and not chase my dreams and and play it safe. He said, 
um, you can fail at playing it safe. So that was the biggest lesson he was taught. And so that's the best piece of advice I think I was given. Dream big, and you can fail at playing it safe. So so make the jump and, and have confidence in yourself. And you can do anything you want as long as you're dreaming big. So if you could jump from the time machine to the start of your career, what would you tell yourself? You know, I think that... I would tell myself, I mean, again, I think this is an, a question that you'll maybe have to come back to. I know, I know, I know, I still, you know, yeah, um, exactly. But I would say it's important in, in this, as a mortgage lender, to be able to shift, to be able to change. The market and the market's conditions are always going to be fluctuating and changing. So it's important to be able to shift um, and and always reinvent yourself in this business. Every single day, you're constantly, you know, having to be creative and reinvent yourself, and, and you know, find ways to stand out. And so, I think it's important to be able to shift and, and to remember to always reinvent yourself every single day. What do you mean by reinvent yourself? You know, I think like there's just so many mortgage lenders and real estate professionals out there, as you even mentioned, and so it's important to. Be your authentic self and be a little bit more personable and, and be creative and find ways to kind of stick out. So, you know, whether that's posting certain social hours or mm-hmm. posting and consistently mm-hmm. posting on social media and sharing maybe some more personable, <laughs> personal things, right. I think that that's how you reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you don't always want to reinvent the wheel. Of course, you want to stay consistent yeah. with, you know, you want the social media and the networking, yeah, but you also want to be reinventing yourself and finding new ways every single day to stand out from the other lenders. And for those that want to find out more about you, where can they go? They can go to my website, which is mortgagesbymontana.com, or they can search lattesandloans.com, and both will bring them to my website. And if you just want to Google, you know, Mortgages Montana on Google, my Google My Business will pop up. So you actually have the Lattes and Loans website? Yes, I do. So it brings you both. It brings you to the same landing page, either Mortgages okay. by Montana or Lattes and Loans, either or. You'll appear at my website. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.